This book is just tremendous. We have wholeheartedly obeyed the new teaching and trusted you. If God had not breathed into Adam's nostrils, Adam would have remained just a lump of dust. How should we then treat the Bible? All of us are sinners and saved only by grace. For worship, we were created. And for worship, we should ever live. Jesus died for our sins. And so, now that we have put our faith in Him, He takes away our sins. Good morning, my dear friends. Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Good morning, everybody and everyone. Whoever you are, wherever you are in the world, God is there too, watching over his people, desiring to have a relationship with every one of the people he created. They belong, we all belong to God, and God, our Father, wants the best for us. Let us listen to him. Let us pay attention to him. And we will never, never regret it. Shall we pray? Father, this morning, we are here again. And always, O oh God, we know, Lord, that there is nothing we can do that is of value or that will last without involving you. You are the giver of life. You are the creator of everything. All things hold together under your power. We come before you and humble ourselves, O oh God, before you and pray that you may go with us step by step as we study the book of Habakkuk and help us, Father, to understand the message and make it our very own and put it into practice, furthermore. And may we be blessed in all these things. And we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Well, my friends, I'm so glad that God has given us this opportunity once again. We, the book of Habakkuk is, consists of only three chapters. And so when I, we look, looked at the first message, uh, I felt really encouraged by it and also challenged. And I want us to share in this um, blessing and also the challenges which if we own them up, if we own the challenges and seek the Lord's help to resolve them, we shall be truly blessed. Karibu. So we read today um, from Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. Um, So, um, the prophet says, I will stand at, at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. 
Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. See, he is puffed up. His desires are not upright, but the righteous will live by faith. Amen. That is our scripture reading for this morning. And our topic is the righteous will live by his faith. Um, borrowing it from verse 4 that we have just read. So, chapter, in chapter 1, uh, uh, we, we dealt with chapter 1, um, only part of it, of course, in detail, but, but the rest of it um, just falls into place, place if you pay attention uh, to, the, to the part that we uh, went through last Sunday. So the prophet, God has spoken to the prophet. The prophet has complained about the corruption around him and in the world. And he wonders why God is not taking, is not punishing his own people, Judah, because of their sin, and also the world, and especially the evil Babylonians, instead of using them to punish God's people, Judah. Why isn't God punishing the evildoers? And God's answers, and there's a, a dialogue between God and Habakkuk. And now we proceed to chapter 2, and this dialogue goes on. So God's answer as we have read it, is not about the present circumstances in Judah or in the world. That too, of course, but God is more concerned about the future. So not just about Israel, not about Judah, not about the Babylonians. It is not about anybody specific, although when all is said and done, those specific issues and people and nations are included, but God is concerned about the future. God is concerned about the future destiny of evildoers on one side and on the faithful ones those who love God, on the other. What is this uh, eternal destiny? And this is the challenge I want to pose upon us all. What is your eternal destiny? Do you believe in God? Are you concerned about his, his world and about other people? 
Do you love Jesus? Have you given your life to him? What is your eternal destiny? Now, uh, because of all these things taking place so quickly, uh, Habakkuk is talking about the past, the present. God is replying about the future. And Habakkuk is confused for a good reason too. Furthermore, Habakkuk is not the only prophet or any other person in the Old Testament to express confusion one over, over God's silence when evil is overwhelming the righteous. The psalmist does that a lot. But also, uh, you know, the, the, the poor, the, the, the poor seem to be downtrodden and, and exploited and oppressed by the poor and the mighty. And the, the, evil, the, the evildoers appear to be getting rich and appear to be successful and rich and live in luxury. And the psalmist does um, address God on this issue as does Habakkuk, even as we do it ourselves. The psalmist sometimes actually is so is so angry, he sounds almost rude um, um, to the point of being insolent to, to God and, and disrespectful as well. For instance, we read in uh, Psalms 10 verse 1, Why, O Lord, do you stand off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Does God hide himself in times of trouble? That's how the psalmist feels, and if we are honest, we also feel the same when things have gone terribly in our lives, in our family, in our workplace, when our expectations and our hopes and aspirations are cut off, even though we are honest and we are prayerful and we, 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 we determine, uh, you know, amidst a lot of challenges, to live as God desires of us. And then things go wrong for the godly and for the godless, just joy and peace and laughter and the best of all things. But you see, some Christians, um, unfortunately, tend to be rather hypocritical they will not admit that they have any time have negative feeling uh, about God or unhappy. They pretend always to be happy and they, to, be, to accept without complaint whatever happens to them because it is God's will for them. Uh, well, well, well. Habakkuk admits to being confused and we often do get confused even though we might not admit it. Now, last Sunday, we took the challenge. We made it our responsibility and our concern to address this matter of, 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 of moral and spiritual decay in our society um, and also the, the, our concern about the, the poor, the hungry, 
the marginalized, the forgotten. The wars all over the world and skirmishes. The injustices, the injustice that occurs in the world. The imbalance, for instance, the inequality, economic and social inequality. So that some people have two more than they need. And those who are in need are the majority. Those that are poor are exceedingly poor. And those who are poor are exceedingly poor. That is the social and economic distance that exists in our country today. And we call it capitalism. It is sin. It is greed. It is selfishness. Unfair distribution of resources is unfair and unjust because resources, all resources belong to God. What about the dominance of wealthy and powerful countries over the rich such that in the poor countries we work ourselves almost to death and then when we take our produce, when we export our produce and our goods, they are paid at the price that the buyer determines. And quite often, it doesn't even pay our fare back home from the market. All these and other issues should be our concern as Christians. God appointed man to rule over the earth. And by man, we mean man, people who belong to God. God, my friends, is a God of righteousness and justice. Justice does not belong only to the courts. God wants us to exercise justice and righteousness on earth. And this is a major spiritual issue that I want us to look at briefly. But we stand confused. That is a spiritual challenge. We stand confused as Habakkuk. Like Habakkuk, we stand confessed as the old, some of the old prophets were confused. And it's a major spiritual issue. I want us to deal with it as a challenge and see what God will say to us. Now, honesty requires us to admit, as I've mentioned in passing, that God's silence, his inaction against injustice, against poverty, against cruelty, against exploitation, you know, uh, and all that, does confuse us sometimes. We try to look for a solution and we don't find it. We pray and God doesn't seem to answer. He doesn't even seem to hear. And we ask ourselves as Habakkuk ask, how long? How long must these things go on? God, uh, Habakkuk demands, how long, how long, how long will these things go on without God taking action? And let me say this, that this is not a demonstration of disrespect, but of integrity, actually. For integrity requires that whatever is, whatever is true must be faced head on.
In other words, we must be truthful about our feelings, our doubts about God's silence. And yet, our message is the just or the faithful, the people of faith, must live by faith. And so, um, all challenges that we face as Christians, of all the challenges that we face as Christians, living by faith, faith alone, in other words, believing without seeing, is perhaps our greatest challenge. It's not always easy to trust God, even His Word, when we read it, or to believe in His promises. It is never easy to pray and thank God on all, in all circumstances or on all occasions. Can we thank God and praise Him, for instance, when we have been praying for healing of our friend or our relative and instead they die? Or we pray and again don't get healed at all and we, we have to live, uh, you know, they have to live by, without disease. Or even about our own sickness. It is not surprising therefore that at the beginning of their ministry, at the beginning of his ministry, uh, Jesus required all his disciples to fast deny their family, deny their mother and mother and, uh, and, and brother and sister and, and, and their own wives and children and even deny themselves. In our eyes, lay everything down in order to follow Jesus. Living by faith can be a bewildering call and it is to imagine that because we follow Jesus, he will never allow us to get in trouble or that he will never permit us to be confused or to lack understanding is to lack understanding, my friends. And so there are four ways to face life according to Habakkuk. And we shall quickly go through it. But also if we, leave the, if we read the book of Isaiah chapter 40, um, uh, we shall see a bit of this. Our reaction to confusion or any other difficult situation is likely to be one of the following four things. Number one, so I beg your pardon, let me say that again. Our reaction to confusion or any difficult situation is likely to be one of the following ways. In other words, our reaction, the, 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 what we choose to do in the face of difficulty or confusion, the action we are likely to take is one of the following. We can run, for instance. We can flee from it. Like Jonah ran away from God. Or we can fight it. As Peter withdrew a sword to fight the, his enemies. Or we can just forget it. Or we can face it. And our example of facing it, facing the bull by the horns, is Jesus Christ himself. When dying on the cross, 
So here is God's second answer then to Habakkuk. Habakkuk has chosen the best option. He does not run. He does not fight. Nor does he forget. He decides to face, to face it, to face the situation, to hold the bull by the horns. He decides to watch and to wait for God's answer. Armed with another question, depending on how God answers. He says, I will climb up to my watchtower, he says, and station myself at my guard post. From there, I will wait to see what the Lord will say to me and what answer I am to give to his complaint, to this complaint. Uh, I don't suppose that uh, Habakkuk actually climbed up on some, something ladder or something. I would like to think that this is um, kind of, I, I know, uh, poetic um, way of saying, I, you know, he waited. He waited specifically. He gave this matter his uh, priority to wait and listen and, and, and wait and see what God will say or what he'll do. And God, as not surprising, God did answer, actually. But when God had answered, God's answer was not what Habakkuk had expected. It was not the kind of answer he wanted. Now, in, in, in chapter 2, verse 2 of our reading, God spoke and instructed Habakkuk to record the answer that God was about to give him and then to send a messenger to go out and run with it and send it to, to as many people uh, as possible. And in verse 3, God reveals that this answer is actually a revelation. It's a revelation not to Habakkuk, not to Israel, not to Judah, not, to, not concerning the Babylonians. It is, a cons it is a revelation concerning future events, at particularly the end. The revelation will be fulfilled in God's appointed time. And it's about the end time. So, if it appears slow in coming, God says, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. Surely it will be fulfilled. Even if it seems to be delayed, it will yet be fulfilled. Amen? Isn't that the, the situation, Lord, we, I mean, the brothers and sisters we are in right now? Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and as soon as it is ready, I'm coming back. Two thousand years have passed, and yet... Christ has not come back. Shall we give up? Shall we be filled with doubts? Absolutely not. Why are we called believers? Why are we called people of faith? It's because we believe and we trust even the thing, things that have been promised. Abraham is called a man of faith because he believed God even without seeing what had been promised. It will be recorded that Daniel prayed for 21 good days before he got an answer. 
we need to learn to wait patiently for the Lord. And so what is our lesson from this discussion, my dear friends? We have different, we can deduce different interpretations and get different answers. But let me say just one or two things. Now, brothers and sisters, as believers, as Christians, the whole world is our mission field that has been given to us by Jesus Christ. And therefore we pray, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Therefore, Jesus said also, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded, which is we call the Great Commission. To what extent have you been involved in doing this, my friend, in obeying the Great Commission? Now, by the two answers that God has given to Habakkuk so far, God has acquitted himself of any blame. God says he's not silent. He's not idly watching sin overtaking the righteous. Neither has he delayed nor failed to punish evildoers. God has a specifically appointed day and time when he will do all this and even much more. In effect, God is saying, I am not the God of Israel alone or the God of Judah alone. I am God of the whole world. The whole world belongs to me. And this gospel message of the kingdom of God must be spread to the entire world. It must be taken to every corner of the world. So in the Great Commission, Jesus says, go and take this gospel to the whole world. And he made it clear in Matthew chapter 24, that when this gospel is actually taken to every corner of the world, then the end, the end, my friends, will come. It is not that everybody will believe who hears, because even those who have heard now have not believed, but God wants us to obey and by faith go to the ends of the earth, proclaiming this gospel. And those who believe will be baptized and they'll belong to God. Those who refuse will be waiting to be roasted in hell's fire. Let us, by faith, take up this challenge and take this gospel to the ends of the earth. Let us remember, dear my dear friends, that the responsibility to God takes this message therefore belongs to you and I, to the church. Let us also learn to live. Let us therefore learn to learn. Let us therefore learn to live daily with an eternal perspective. In other words, with eternity in view, in our mind as a priority. Remember what Christ said about uh, his coming as soon as the gospel uh, uh, reaches the, the, the corners of the world. The message that God wanted Habakkuk to send by Arana, therefore, I, as far as I, 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 I am concerned, is the gospel, the same gospel that we preach today, the gospel that we are preaching now. And the, the preaching of the gospel is of no use to those who hear it and ignore it. It is both a promise of a blessing and also a warning about God's judgment 
over those who do not believe. So, where do you stand, my dear friend, my sister, my brother? Are you a believer in Christ? Having heard the good news, have you believed or have you not? Your choice will determine your future destiny. Don't blame anyone. Don't blame me. Don't, anybody, don't blame anybody for what happens to you when Christ returns. It is either a blessing or curse. It's either hell or heaven. The choice is yours. Choose wisely and live. And may God bless you. Father, we thank you for always thinking about us, our welfare, our salvation, for going to every length to see that uh, our sins are, uh, are forgiven if we believe by giving your own son Jesus Christ to die on the cross on our behalf. There's nothing more left for you to do so that we are saved. It is for us to take the gospel seriously and believe in the son of God whom you sent into this world to be our savior and Lord. Ours is to believe in him and admit that we have sinned and we need salvation. Help us, therefore, to do that. Father, I mean, my friend, have you believed in Jesus? Admit, because the word says, if you have not believed, then you are a sinner. And, and, and your, God's wrath is on your head. If you're not a believer, ask Jesus right now. I mean, first of all,